Well, thank you, Pastor Scheith, and thank you, First Baptist of Belfont. And might I say, isn't God good? He is. Um, my, my wife, Laura, and I, we were, we were just talking yesterday as we were at uh, Peggy and Larry's wedding yesterday that today is exactly three months after she and I got married on this very stage, and I have the opportunity to preach. That's, that's just one of those amazing God things. But um, I know that I haven't gotten the chance to, to meet some of you, and you haven't had the chance to meet me. So I would just kind of like to tell you a little bit about myself before we get into the message. And um, Well, uh, as Pastor Shipe said, my name is Jesse Moore, and I come from the golden corner of South Carolina up in the upstate uh, from Six Mile, South Carolina, and uh, very close to Clemson University. For me, Clemson is like most of y'all for Penn State. I, I love Clemson with all of my heart, and things are really good right now. Have been for the past few years. <laughs> but um, it's, it's been good. Um, I grew up, grew up in South Carolina, like I said, in a small town of Six Mile, where the uh, only thing that we were ever really known for was a woman who uh, had gotten intoxicated and stole a horse and walked it down Main Street and then blamed that the horse was drunk. But um, other than that, yeah, not much known for Six Mile. But um, grew up in a, in a very good church, a small church. Um, at most, we had about 125. It's kind of dwindled now since we're still looking for a pastor down there to about 40 people. But um, Calvary Baptist of Liberty grew up there all of my life. Um, my grand, my great grandmother was one of the charter members there, and it's actually there that I got saved as a young boy in vacation Bible school at four years old. And um, so, anyway, that's that's a little bit about me. Um, as Pastor Shipe said, I did uh, teach a year in Salisbury, Maryland, at Faith Baptist School, um, and moved up here uh, this year, this August, and. Got to teaching right away, teaching some of some of your kids, actually. Uh, I see the uh, Stephen's uh, parents here, and I think Alyssa's parents are in here, too. Yep. Um, so teaching them for, for math is, uh, my wife doesn't do math. Um, anyway, <laughs> so as we get into the message, I'd like for you to turn to John chapter 15. John chapter 15. And I'm going to be starting in verse number 12. John 15, verse number 12. But before I really get into it, um, stories are pretty cool. Stories are pretty cool. Um, Whenever you would tell stories to little boys versus telling them to little girls, you would tell them differently. All right? I'm sure that if you have a, a, a young son, you would tell a story and you would include a lot of action scenes, all right? So, like, you would tell stories of the knight who is slaying the dragon. Well, if you were to tell the girl the same story, you would say, but the knight had so much love and so much compassion that he could not hold any, uh, anything else, and he had to save the princess. Well, I'll tell a little bit of my, mine and Laura's, just a little bit of our story, where we met at the Wilds and, uh, in 2014, And she thought I was weird. Fair enough. Um, So she thought I was weird, and uh, I, you know, never thought that I would ever have a chance with someone so beautiful. And 
Yes, I know. A lot of people are saying aw. Um, but over time, I kind of wore down on her. And um, there was, at one point in time, we, we would just uh, constantly see each other at, um, at her little break time or whatever, whenever I was on program staff. And I would talk to her and see how she was doing, ask how she was doing, how her campers were doing. We would pray together. And then one of the things that she said was what draw what drew her to me was that I actually remembered. So guys, if you don't remember the things that your wife says, I'm still trying to learn too. Um, but that's one of the things that she said was drawing to her, that, that finding that, and then calling her dad and he saying, I can't hear you, can I call you back? Which was very scary. Um, so calling back and eventually asking for permission to date. And then later on, about, well, a year and a half later, asking for permission to marry and did the proposal up at the Nittany Lions Shrine, one of her favorite places. So uh, that's, that's a little bit of that. Anyway, John 15, verse 12, starting there, says, This is my commandment, that ye love one another as I have loved you. Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. Ye are my friends, if you do whatever I command you. Henceforth I call you not servants, for the servant knoweth not what his Lord doeth. But I have called you friends, for all things that you have heard of my Father, I have made known unto you. You have not chosen me, but I have chosen you, and ordained you that you should go forth and bring forth fruit, that your fruit should remain, that whatsoever you ask of the Father in my name, he may give it to you. These things I command you, that you love one another. All right, before we get into the message, let's, let's say a quick word of prayer. Father, we thank you that you are a good God, a God that loves, and that you loved us so much that you laid down your life for us. And you did it for our sins. You did it for, um, for us, even though we did not deserve it. So God, I just pray that uh, the Holy Spirit would work, that the words that I say would be the words that you want me to say, that I would just get out of the way. And um, God, just bless your text here. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so as we are looking through here, this is actually in the middle of a very long discourse for Jesus. Probably the longest one you see in, uh, in the book of John that starts all the way back in chapter 13. But we see here a commandment of love. All right, if you're taking notes, that's the first point. The commandment of love it says, this is my commandment. Pretty easy for preaching. That ye love one another as I have loved you. So this is the same commandment then that's given back in chapter 13, verse 34. It says, a new commandment I give unto you, that ye love one another as I have loved you, that ye also love one another. Alright, so this actually sums up um, what Jesus said was the greatest commandment. All right, we see that in Mark chapter 12. It's also in Matthew. 
but it says to basically love God with all of your heart, soul, mind, strength, and then your neighbor as yourself. But he goes further, and he says to love others as he loved us. You know, starting in this discourse here in John chapter 13 that goes on to John chapter 17, we see up to this point in time, in in 53 verses, Jesus says love, or there is love of some sort, 26 times. You know, it's like I tell my sixth graders, if you hear me repeat something, it's probably important. So Jesus telling us to love one another, probably pretty important. So he goes and he says that this is his commandment, that we love one another as he has loved us. Jesus' example of love is the ultimate example. We see this through his love story to us, which is the greatest love story ever told. You know, we see it all the way back in creation. Creation, God made everything that we see, that we, that we smell, that we touch, that we taste. God made it all for his glory, that we could glorify him and that we could love him. But comes the fall. The fall of man. It'd be like you put so much work into, into something and this, this thing turns around and it spits back into your face and rejects you. That's what we do when we sin. But then we saw, see a redemption. That redemption is Jesus Christ dying on the cross for your sin and for my sin. Sorry about that. Jesus loved every one of us so much that he went and he took the wrath of God on him for you. That love is shown. That love doesn't discriminate. You know, the love of Jesus, it doesn't care about your political views. It doesn't care if you would rather vote for Trump or rather vote for Biden or, you know, the refrigerator if it's running. Um, Guys, love doesn't care about skin color. It doesn't care about your nationality. It doesn't care about whether you're rich or you're poor. It doesn't care about these things, the mask. It doesn't care how you feel about them. It doesn't care if you like Penn State, Ohio State, Maryland, Clemson, South Carolina. It doesn't care. Pittsburgh Steelers, Philadelphia Eagles. It doesn't care. Love doesn't discriminate. It goes to everyone. But love is shown through an action. And we see that the greatest form of love is self-sacrifice. And we see that in verse 13. Here, Jesus says, Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. Now we see this on a lot of tombstones of soldiers. And it's a great verse. Jesus, with his ultimate sense of love, laid down his life for us. You know, 1 John, if you want to turn with me to 1 John three sixteen, and just keep a finger in, in John as we go to 1 John 3. In verse 16. 1 John 3 and verse 16 says, Hereby perceive we the love of God 
because he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. That is saying that the highest form of love that we can show to other Christians, that's where that's who John is talking to here, is that we should be ready to, to endure hardship, no matter the cost. Like our missionaries are going across the world. Some that we we listened to videos and Skype this morning that the hardship of they would they would love to come to their home country you know, see their families, but they can't because they wouldn't be able to come back or go back to their place of ministry. You know, that's a hardship. We all have hardships here, whether it be cancer, whether it be quarantine, losing jobs. We should be going right along other Christians and enduring that hardship with them, being with them in the highest form is self-sacrifice. We can self-sacrifice in so many different ways. Well, that's the commandment of love. And if you're taking notes, this is the second point, the commendation of love. All right? Jesus said himself that if we followed his commandment, all right, so we turn there over to, um, sorry, verse 14 says, you are my friends if you do whatever I command you. All right? We see that we are his friends if we follow his commandment. All right. Trivia question time for you. In the Old Testament, there are only two people, only two people who are known as the friend of God. Anybody, anybody want to give a guess as to one of them? Abraham, a very good guess, and that is one of them. All right, and the second one? A lot of people would say David, but you would not be correct. Um, it's actually Moses, all right? So we're going we're gonna to take a look, all right? Isaiah 41, 8, all right? Isaiah 41, 8 says, But thou, Israel, art my servant, Jacob, who have chosen thee, the seed of Abraham, my friend. All right, so that's talking about Abraham being the friend of God. And then Exodus thirty three eleven says, And the Lord spake unto Moses face to face as a man speaketh to his friend. Now, if we have the opportunity, if we follow the commandment of Jesus that says to love one another as he has loved us, then we get to be the friend of Jesus. We get to be the friend of God. Something that only two people in the Old Testament ever got to do is be called the friend of God. It's, it, it's crazy how something that we get to do, some, as, as a child looking through Hebrews and seeing the Hall of Fame of Faith, and as Pastor Scheip has been going through and seeing his, through with his But God series, which has been awesome, but... Seeing, seeing those guys and thinking, man, I wish I could be like those guys. And then reading this and seeing that if I get to love, if I love my neighbors as Jesus loved me, I get to be Jesus' friend. The, the moniker, the nickname that only two other people in the Bible ever got to hear. 
And yet, as friends of God, we get to know what God's doing. You know, we see it here in the, uh, in the, in the Scripture. Henceforth I call you not servants, for the servant knoweth not what his Lord doeth, but I call you friends. For all things that I have heard of my Father I have made known unto you. I have not, or you have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you that you go forth and bring fruit, that your fruit should remain, and whatsoever ye ask of the Father in my name, he may give it you. So as long as we are doing the commandment that Jesus said, which was to love others as he loved us, we get to know what God's doing. And you know what? If we ask, God will give us the things that we ask. And usually if we're following those things, we're doing what God really wants us to do. So then how then, how then can you show this love? You know, if we show love, we'll bring forth the fruit of the Spirit, which is love and joy and peace, all those things. But you may be asking yourself, why then is this the greatest story ever told? Well, turn with me to Romans 5. All right, and this is, this is where we're going to end tonight. But Romans chapter 5 and verse number 7. Romans chapter 5, verse number 7. It says, for scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet peradventure, or sometimes for a good man, some would even dare to die. But God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than being now justified by his blood, we shall be saved from the wrath through him. For if when we were enemies... We were reconciled to God by the death of His Son. Much more than being reconciled, we shall be saved by His life. It's amazing how... It, it says right there in the passage, you know, it's, it's easy to love those who love us. But the greatest form of love happened... For someone who didn't love back. You know, Jesus loved us even when we didn't love him. When we were enemies to him. Just like in World War II. World War II, you know, the United States fighting Germany and fighting Japan and all those things. And yet, after the war was over, the United States, with, their, with, with love, helps go and rebuild those countries, those nations. Much like Jesus, we were at war with him. We were enemies with him. We were separated by our sin from him. And yet through his love, through his greatest act of love, by dying on the cross and taking the wrath of God on him, he was able to save you and me. If you just believe. And you know what? He did it when, he, when we were enemies with him. It's, it's mind-boggling 
what Jesus really does for, for someone that we really don't deserve it. We really don't. But Christ did it for us. And I, I, I want to end tonight uh, by reading a song. Um, it's called The Greatest Story Ever Told. And it says, Sin grips the heart within. A curse on fallen man. This pride and selfishness we hold inside. When we were all condemned, we had a loving friend who came to save us. The Son of God who gave his life and took the grave obeyed his Father's will despite the cost. But death could not contain his power, his love, his grace, for he has written the greatest story ever told is of this Jesus. How he came to earth to rescue sinful man. Sent from the Father up above to sacrifice in love and take our place and give unending grace. So if there's one thing that you should take home with you tonight, this week, is that, yes, you can love. You can even love those who don't love you back. You can love someone even if they're the biggest little snot to you. And how you can do it? Well, Pastor Scheib gave a good one by donating food, giving food to someone. You know, someone once said it's really hard to be angry, to, to, to hate someone that you're praying for. Praying for people is a way of showing love and letting them know that you're praying for them too. Because that, that means an awful lot. You can, you can show love by being there for them. Being a listening ear. And helping them when times are tough. Because, you know what? A lot of times, we are in tough times right now. In 2020, you can still show love to each and every person that we see. And it's all because of this man named Jesus who died for sinful people like you and like me. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. You are such a good God, and we are undeserving of your love. And God, I just pray that we would go... And show that love to each and every person that we come in contact with. And that we would show forgiveness and that we would show those things as, as, you, would, uh, as you have commanded us. And that we can show others how they can also be your friend. And we pray this all in the name of Jesus. Amen. Pastor Shai.